Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA. Uniting sports fans everywhere, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. People want the authenticity, right? They want to know a little bit more. They don't want just the cliches. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Uh, I'm thankful that God has delivered me and he's given me a mouthpiece to be able to, a platform as well to be able to share with different people. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. When you're around somebody that has that joy and you can feel it and it's contagious. Um, Every day I ask, you know, what does God have in store for me and how does he want to utilize me in this position that I hold. Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life. I'm thrilled to be with you today. It's week number two, unpacking it on Sports Byline USA. We had a wonderful debut show last week on the network, and we're thankful to be back. And if you're just joining us for the first time, glad to have you. Everyone that joined us week one, glad to have you back. We've got a really fun show in store. We've got an interview with Ryan Clark, former NFL safety, Super Bowl winner with the Steelers, and ESPN analyst. I'll ask him about the interesting comments he made about Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien, and he'll share about his faith and how it's been tested the last two years. We'll also, at the end of the show, do our segment, Unpack This about every new NFL coach losing week one and what we can learn about patience when we make changes in our own lives. Up next, we're going to do our segment, I'm Convinced, and I'll tell you which two teams that lost week one that will still make the playoffs. And I'll also share my thoughts on Ryan Fitzpatrick, what a game he had, Case Keenum, and Josh McCown, and how I lump all three of those guys together you can email me bryce at unpackingit.com be sure to check out our website unpackingit.com there you'll find our blog our podcast videos and our fantasy football book plenty there unpackingit.com our segment i'm convinced is next unpacking it on sports byline usa is just getting going more sports, faith, and life coming up on Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for joining us today as we unpack sports, faith, and life. Coming up, we'll talk to Ryan Clark. But right now, we want to do our segment, I'm Convinced. And throughout the fall, this will be very NFL heavy. But basically, we'll look at the the weekend sports and and figure out, all right, here's what I'm convinced of. And so week one in the NFL was fantastic. And so I'll start there because I'm convinced the NFL got off to a tremendous start. And the anticipation and the storylines this season are fantastic. 
sure, it was sloppy at times, you know, players getting used to each other, new teams, new coaches, all that sort of thing. But we saw plenty of great games. We saw the Rodgers comeback. The Browns and Steelers game was crazy. Uh, ends in a tie, which I don't necessarily love, but it, it came out of the wire. So it was exciting as, as a Browns and Steelers game could be in the rain uh, with all those turnovers. It was wild. And then the Bucks and the Saints game, that was nuts. Tons of scoring. And so I was entertained all day on Sunday as I watched the red zone. Uh, I had three TVs going, and it was, it was just a really fun day. So I'm convinced we're off to a good start. I'm also convinced there are two teams that lost week one that I believe will still make the playoffs. Now, throughout history, 25% of the teams that lose week one have gone on to make the playoffs. And I don't even think it'll be three or four teams. I only think it'll be two, and I think it's the Atlanta Falcons and the Houston Texans. If you listened last week, you know how high I am on the Houston Texans. They did lose to New England, but I think they'll get things figured out, and I think they'll be good to go. The Falcons looked ugly against the Eagles, but the talent is there, and I think they'll get it together. I really do. I think they've got enough weapons on offense and defense, and the NFC South may be tough, but I still expect the Falcons and the Panthers to get out of that division. Now, the the Saints lost week one. They should bounce back, but I don't think they're as good of a team as a lot of people did going into the season. And then we saw week one, they lost to the Bucs. And and so you look at the other teams that lost week one, you just can't have a lot of confidence in, in the Bills and the Titans and a lot of people like the Chargers, but they're still probably the third or fourth team in the AFC West. And then the, the Lions and Raiders were embarrassed. So of all the teams that lost, I'll go with the Falcons and the Texans. I'm also convinced that Case Keenum, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Josh McCown are the most dependable backup QBs who can actually be starters and win you games. You want them on your team, and it doesn't matter if they're not considered a franchise quarterback. Now, Josh McCown is a backup at this point, backing up Sam Darnold, but throughout his career, I compare him to Ryan Fitzpatrick and Case Keenum. Case Keenum has been given the the keys to Denver, but a lot of people still view him as a backup. But this guy can play. Threw a couple interceptions, but he also threw a few touchdowns. And he did great for my fantasy team. But but I just appreciate the, the path that those three quarterbacks have been on and the reality that when they're in a, a certain situation, they can really thrive. We've seen it with Keenum in Minnesota. I think he's going to have a nice year in Denver. And then week one, Ryan Fitzpatrick is forced to start because Jameis Winston is suspended. And we saw the Fitz magic. It was really good. He played four, I mean, four touchdowns and just played really, really well. And the players responded to him. Now, we've seen this from Ryan Fitzpatrick over the years because He'll start a game here, start a couple games there. He's bounced around the league. He's played for almost every team in the league, him and Josh McCown uh, both. But in, in certain spots, he's proven that he's a starter. But again, it doesn't mean that he's a franchise quarterback and you say, all right, we're going to build the team around Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, but it doesn't take away from the role that he plays and the value that he brings to franchises. Think about the number of players that, that teams have built around that fizzled out and didn't have a very long career. Fitzpatrick and McCown, they've had great careers. They've, that have lasted a long time. 
and they've they've been contributors throughout. And Case Keenum, I think he'll you know he'll be the starter this year, and maybe he'll be better than than both of those guys. But just the fact that Keenum bounced from the Rams to the Texans, Rams to the Texans to Minnesota, now to Denver. He, he really hasn't been a franchise quarterback, but he's been a backup that has proven that he can start in this league, and I think he'll show it this year. I'm also convinced the Washington Redskins are much better than I thought, but I also am convinced the Cardinals won't be as bad as they looked in week one. This was one of the more confusing games of the day for me because it just seemed like the Cardinals could never get things going, but I still like that they have... David Johnson as their running back. He's a big-time star. He'll help them win games. They still have Larry Fitzgerald. Sam Bradford, once he gets kind of in the, in the swing of things in Arizona, that offense will look a lot better. They looked ugly week one, but I, I think they'll be at least a competitive team, whereas in, in week one it just wasn't the case. And then the Washington Redskins, I was impressed with them. They, they looked good. They're, they're, they're led by Alex Smith, who always gets written off. Uh, we just kind of always underappreciate what he can do. But he helped lift that offense. And then you throw in Adrian Peterson, who looks fresh. You throw in a nice running back out of the backfield and Chris Thompson that can catch the ball and, and just make guys miss and, and move the chains. And uh, the, at the running back position, that one-two punch is, is going to be impressive. For, for the Redskins this year. And so they might win more games than, than I thought initially. And so I'm convinced they're going to they're gonna be very competitive in that NFC East. Uh, and, and really, they look the best of, of any of those teams in the NFC East week one. And so, of course, the Eagles did win, uh, but, but I, I think the Redskins played even better than they did. I'm convinced the most intriguing offenses to watch this year will be the Chiefs, the Packers, the Vikings, just because of, uh, of how good those teams are and, and the, the quarterbacks that they have. But I'm also intrigued by the Giants and the Colts. So the, the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, they're fun to watch. You want to tune in and, and see him and Tyreek Hill and all the weapons that they have on offense. It'll just be a blast to see how many points they can score, how quickly they can score. The big playability that they have is, is really interesting. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they're always intriguing, as long as he's out there, as long as he's healthy. The game we saw Sunday night, are you kidding me? Aaron Rodgers still is, is the best, and uh, he's, he's, the, he's the best to watch. Tom Brady is still the best quarterback and the best winner and in the playoffs and the Super Bowls and all that sort of thing. But Aaron Rodgers, when he's playing at his best and when he's running all over the field or when he's injured and standing in the pocket and making ridiculous throws, and then the offense just, it, whenever I watch them, it feels like the field is so much bigger for them. They just find the space, and he does that. Rodgers is, is incredible. So those offenses are fun. And then the Vikings, just with Kirk Cousins and, and Dalvin Cook coming back, and then I, I, maybe the best one-two wide receivers in the league with Thielen and, and Stephon Diggs. Uh, that's really fun. Kyle Rudolph got going in week one. And then the other two teams that they didn't win in, in week one, but they're still intriguing. The Giants with Saquon Barkley and, and Odell Beckham Jr. And then the Colts with Andrew Luck coming back, wondering what he can do to get that offense going. They, they actually they did okay. Uh, they, they, they fell in the second half and just kind of ran out of gas, and, and the, the Bengals were able to get that win. And then the Bengals followed that up with a nice win on Thursday night. Um, but I still am intrigued to watch the Colts uh, and their offense this season. So 
Those are a few of the general NFL topics that I'm convinced of. Would love to know your thoughts. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. And let me give you a bonus fantasy football convinced of. And, and so I'm convinced these great performances from somewhat underrated players will continue moving forward. Dion Lewis, Chris Thompson, and Quincy Anua all looked good week one. And I don't think they're going anywhere. The Titans are going to be down in games, and they're going to be throwing the ball to Deion Lewis. Sam Darnold likes Quincy Anua. He could be their number one receiver this year. They're, they're, I'm convinced of that. And then Chris Thompson, like I mentioned, he's, he's so good out of the backfield. And, and if you're in a PPR league, he's a stud. He's somebody that you want. So that's what I'm convinced of. When we come back, we've got a great interview with Ryan Clark. It's Unpacking It on Sports Byline USA. More sports, faith, and life coming up on Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Our guest today was an NFL safety from 2002 to 2014 after being undrafted out of LSU. He spent time with the Giants and Redskins, but played most of his career with the Pittsburgh Steelers, where he won a Super Bowl. He retired in 2015, and you can now see him on ESPN as an NFL analyst. He's a husband, father, and follower of Jesus. I'm excited to welcome on Ryan Clark. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us on Unpacking It. How are you? I'm doing well. Excited uh, that the football season has started, and we can start seeing some some real games and, and enjoying it. Uh, you know, everybody gets to go to church, have a little brunch, man, and sit down all day and, and enjoy a game they love. It's the best. I, I love this time of year. And, and so we, we finished up week one. And so which team surprised you by, by the fact that they played better than you thought? And then which team was most disappointing in week one? Uh, I think the team that played really well was the Cleveland Browns. I guess it's tough to say a team played extremely well and they only tied. <laughs> but when you were 0-16 the year before, that's a good thing. And Denzel Ward, you know, a guy who was much maligned as their first pick when Bradley Chubb was on the board. Everybody, you know, thought that overall Bradley Chubb was the best defensive prospect. You picked Denzel Ward. And in his first week facing Antonio Brown, he has two interceptions. And this team fights back from 21 to 7 down, and when you're a Cleveland Brown fan or part of the organization, you're like, oh, here we go again. The Steelers just win. And they come back and they tie that game and have an opportunity to win late. And the part that's surprising is, one, you play the Pittsburgh Steelers that closely, but you know that this team is going to have what it takes to win a game this year, and that's awesome. And then you look at the other side of it, it has to be the Detroit Lions for me. Not that I thought that they would be a team that to win a Super Bowl but when you have a Matt Patricia as a head coach now, a guy who's a Bill Belichick disciple, you would hope that your team would have the type of discipline you see in New England, be sound in special teams and offense and defense. And we saw this team get beat in every single phase of the game in their home opener in primetime. Mm. You can't do those things. And so that was really disappointing for me to see that, especially with a guy like Matthew Stafford, who's a seasoned veteran throwing four interceptions. 
Yeah, so I, I, I don't get your thoughts on, on Matt Patricia because I think it's very interesting because it's only week one, but, but how concerned are you with the potential that, that he can lose the, the Detroit locker room? And then I'll also include the Raiders and, and the potential that John Gruden could lose that locker room. And I'm just curious because did you ever experience any similar situations while, while you were playing where it was just kind of on the brink of, uh-oh, could, could this go south really quick? Uh, I think if you've been in situations where you're not winning, obviously, you know, you have those situations. When you look at John Gruden's situation in Oakland, it doesn't really concern you. It doesn't concern you because it doesn't concern him. John Gruden <laughs> has a 10-year, $100 million deal. Gotcha. Right? Yep. John Gruden is not making decisions for today. Because John Gruden understands that he has the ability to make a ton of money and be there for a very long time. So he's playing the long game, which is difficult for guys who understand that football for them is so right now. Football is so immediate. But when you get rid of a Khalil Mack, you're looking at it from a business standpoint, not a we-need-to-win-today standpoint. And so I don't think John Gruden Gruden is really faced with that. I think when you get $100 million, you start to feel like you're bigger than the players because the organization has told you that you're bigger than the players. Mm. And I think that's the way we see John Gruden behaving right now. Um, we look at Matt Patricia. I don't think he's in danger now or soon of losing the team, depending on how he's addressing them, depending on how he's approaching them. He can't approach them as if he's Bill Belichick right now because Bill Belichick didn't behave the way he behaves now when he first took over the team. Ryan Clark, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And, and, and when you mentioned with, with Gruden, he, he is the, the face of the franchise. They're committed to him, big money, all that sort of thing. Do you feel like the, the players are, are in on that, though? And I know it's only one week, but, but just putting yourself in that, in that locker room, how would you kind of handle that, that scenario? You know, to me, coaches were coaches, to be honest with you. I didn't really care. You know, um, your, your, their job is to win football games, as is yours. Uh, to me, the relationship to the organization was neither here nor there. When the Oakland Raiders decide to give a coach $100 million, you're exactly correct. You make him the, the face of the franchise. Obviously, John Gruden, and very different from most coaches, is a superstar in his own right. John Gruden is a draw in his own right. Whereas most coaches are just that. They're just coaches of teams that have superstar players. And so I don't necessarily believe the players care what his contract is, how the organization sees them, um, more than they care about how you treat the players. You know, to me, it would be an issue that you didn't reach out to Khalil Mack. Mm. Because there are a lot of people who are extremely rich, people who are very successful, very famous, but who show the sense of humility that says, you know what, even though other people's perception of me is this, even though the accolades have been heaped on me, the money has been given to me, I'm still here with you. I'm still your coach. I still want this relationship. So when you don't even reach out to the best player on the team, a team captain, when you don't even reach out to say, hey, man, you know what, we want you here. We want to get something done. Whether you can or not, now it shows me that not only do – did the organization make you the franchise, the face, the face of the franchise? You really feel like you are. Mm. You really feel like you can win games more than players can. And I think that will cause more dissension and division 
than just the actual mere fact that he has this monster contract or that he is the face of the franchise. It's intriguing, that's for sure. Ryan Clark, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's a former NFL safety, won a Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now is an analyst on ESPN. And and I got one more question about coaches, which which is interesting to hear. You, you kind of take them or leave them type of thing, but you, you had some kind of strong opinions about Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien this week on, on ESPN on, on Get Up. And and I'd love for you to just kind of share your opinion on on how you feel like Watson should handle kind of the the coaching from Bill O'Brien, his, his head coach. Well, you know, after saying it, I now realize people don't understand sarcasm. Okay, okay. Um, so the first thing is right. That part is a joke. Like that's funny to me. Um, when I tell, when I say, hey, whatever he says, do the opposite. <laughs> right. That's what makes people say, you know what? I'm going to listen. Right. And that's why, you know, you know about it. That's why I've gotten DMs about it. Well, what do you know? What have you heard? You know, these different things, because that part was a joke. Hmm. Right. I would never truly mean that if a coach tells you to run, you know, run an RPO and your read is to, you know, read the off the, the nickel corner and he covers your guy to pull it and throw it to him. I wouldn't tell him that. What I was saying was, though, and if you continue to listen throughout, is that Deshaun Watson is a naturally gifted player. He's a very instinctive player. He's a player who has had the ability to lead men not only through his actions and the way he treats them, but by his play. And if you watch the game on Sunday, Deshaun Watson was a guy who, when having opportunities to run the ball, wouldn't pull the ball down and get out of the pocket until late in the game when they were, you know, when they were down by multiple points and down by double digits and he was allowed to play free. The freedom we saw him play with late in the game was the freedom we always saw him play with before. True. He wasn't a guy who, when he had a man open, when, when his tight end was open on a crosser because a middle linebacker bit up on a fake, he wasn't a guy who tried to aim that ball. He wasn't a guy who missed, who, who missed the seam route in the high red zone. He's just not been that player. Now, he's been a player that we've seen turn the ball over, so I wasn't as necessarily concerned by that, but I was more concerned by watching Deshaun Watson second-guess his instincts. Mm. And it's strange to me that a 21-, 22-year-old rookie without a complete offseason under his belt, without the total knowledge of a playbook, would play freer, would play better, would make better decisions than the second-year guy who's got the playbook down, who's had OTAs, who's had mini camps, who's had off-season workouts, the three different phases you have, to now second-guess himself when you know more. It's almost like you saw paralysis by analysis. Hmm. And so basically all I was saying was, be you, <laughs> be free. Be the dude that Dabo Sweeney said was Michael Jordan. That's right. You know, Michael Jordan, no matter what Phil Jackson told Michael Jordan, if he crosses a guy over and he has space, the fadeaway is coming. Why? Because that's what he does. That's who he is. Mm. And that was more so what I was trying to tell Deshaun. Uh, the part about don't listen to Bill O'Brien and do whatever you – and do the total opposite, that was TV, right? <laughs> like, that was entertainment. And – 
you know, and a guy, you know, they had a guy from Houston, you know, message me and they're like, hey, man, what do you know? Sounds like you have inside information. <laughs> you know, when somebody says a statement like that about the coach, you know, I said, no, I said, that part is entertainment, right? That's why I have a job. That's right. Right. There are a lot of people who can talk X's and O's and, and talk about what's going on. And some of them will bore you to death. And yep. so finding a way to say things in interesting ways and entertaining ways is what I do. And what I can say to Deshaun Watson's credit is he and I have spoken now. Mm. And I think, you know, to me, that's what's more powerful is you get an opportunity for a former player. I get an opportunity to just impart whatever advice or wisdom I have on a guy who truly, truly wants to learn. And I thought it said a lot about him that he was also willing to have that communication. We've got plenty more with Ryan Clark right after this as he shares about how his faith has been tested the last two years. It's Unpacking It on Sports Byline USA. The place to hear athletes opening up about their true passions in life. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Fantasy football is the best. You compete with your friends and family all season long, and when you win, it's so exciting. I have won two rings myself, and as fun as fantasy football already is, what if we played with more purpose and meaning? Well, at Fantasy Football Fellowship, we created a way for you to have league meetings throughout the season to discuss how fantasy relates to our lives and the Bible. Each week, we have content, topics, and questions that allow fantasy owners to connect intentionally with each other and to God. We'll help your league have conversations about fantasy, faith, and life as you go from the draft to the championship. Play fantasy football and change your lives. Sign your league up today at FantasyFootballFellowship.com. Going beyond the field, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA. So glad to be with you today on Unpacking It. It's our second week here on Sports Byline USA, and we're thrilled to be with you and thrilled to be a part of the network. We'll be on each week unpacking sports, faith, and life. We're going to get back to our conversation with Ryan Clark in just a moment. I just want to encourage you to to check out our website, unpackingit.com. We've got podcasts, videos, You can sign up to receive our daily email where we take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. Uh, And then also would love for you to connect with us on social media. Unpacking It is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Unpacking It and and would love to to, to see you there and, and would love to know what you think about today's show. And if you have any questions or thoughts, uh, you can do that on social media. Stick around. At the end of the show, we're going to do our segment, Unpack This, about the seven coaches that are all new uh, on their NFL team, but they all lost in week one. And so uh, there's, a, there's a big takeaway there that we'll discuss in just a little bit. Uh, one other thought about last segment and, and part of the conversation that we had with Ryan Clark, and, and he was talking about Deshaun Watson. And, and to me, 
Watson last year was one of the most exciting players to watch, and I'm just hoping that he gets back to that. I think we all are because I just think back to that game against Seattle where he was just matching Russell Wilson touchdown for touchdown, and Watson's ability to just play with confidence was so evident last year. And so I think the the concern that Ryan Clark brought up where Watson isn't playing as free and he's just not playing Deshaun Watson football, or at least he didn't in week one. It was understandable. It's against New England, and he's it's his first game back from a, a major injury. So as long as he gets back to that and as long as he's able to play with that freedom, with that confidence, he's going to get right back in the mix. And, and that's why I'm so confident in the Houston Texans because I'm confident in Deshaun Watson. And so uh, we'd love to know your thoughts on that. Uh, leave your comments on social media. Just search Unpacking It. Well, let's get back to our conversation with Ryan Clark. He's an ESPN NFL analyst, and you can see him on a bunch of different shows throughout the week. And he's also a former Pittsburgh Steelers safety. He won a Super Bowl with them. And we love talking football. We love the the personality that, that Ryan Clark is on TV and, and with us here on the show. And, and we're glad to have him back on Unpacking It. And, and Ryan, we also know that you're passionate about your faith. And, and so it, it's been over two years since we've talked. And, and so I'm curious, in, in what ways has your faith grown? And, and what has God been, been teaching you? Well, I would say this. The, the two years since, I think my faith has been tested. Ooh. And, and what I mean by that is, like, look at the world we now live in. Yeah. Uh, look, at, look at what's changed in two years. Uh, both, I mean, you can, it's affected football, right? It's affected the field. And this has nothing to do with, this part doesn't have to do with faith, but this is how your faith is tested. When you have been taught biblically, when you have been taught through fellowship that we're all the same, right? That God, that we're all beautifully and wonderfully made, that we're all made in Christ's image, yet, your image or the way that you were made or part of the way God made you is starting to be made to feel like it's not enough, Hmm. right? To feel like it's, you know, you're now being made to feel like you're less than, you're inferior. And so it, it starts to, it starts to eat at you in a way where many of those teachings, many of the things you learn are tested because it's supposed to be love. God is love, yet the world is being manipulated by evil. Mm. And so it has been tough to, you know, to be in Baton Rouge and, you know, go. I go to a wonderful church, a church that has uh, really helped me grow in my faith. I go to a church that is, you know, predominantly when you talk about the, uh, you know, the pastor and the board of pastors, it's a predominantly, you know, white church. And so you have these things going on that are so racial and so tense. And then you watch them be handled or you watch things, certain things be said. And you get out of the fact that I'm here to grow spiritually. And you start to get into the fact that even in that, I'm an African-American man, Hmm. you know? So I had some times that going to church, you know, I was one of my church members was one of the policemen that were shot here. Hmm. You know, and to watch the way that was handled and the way that was approached and the 
the outpouring of love for that as opposed to a guy like Alton Sterling, it was difficult for me. You know, and I will say, you know, since then, it's been a very conscious effort for me to try to spread God's word, to try to spread his love through the way I treat people. And then when you can get into some of these conversations about the other stuff that's going on outside of the church, have opportunities to tell them how God would have us handle these situations. Wow. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Ryan Clark, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And and so as you think about your your faith being tested, what did it reveal? Uh, how did you, uh, maybe how was God revealed to you in, in a fresh way as you kind of went through some well, of this, as you explored some of this? Yeah, I will be honest. Like the first thing was as, as, as a married man and, you know, we've always heard about the flesh, you know, and I think this was another aspect of the flesh, right? Of, of, of being human, the, the, the anger and, and, and being upset and not wanting to fellowship or not wanting. And so what he revealed to me though, was that the one place Christians can all come together is in knowing that Jesus Christ gave his life for us, right? Jesus Christ gave his life for us to be free. And whenever you get to get in these conversations or you feel a certain way, you always have to go back to that. And so what it taught me was that in times where I'm questioning, in times where I'm sad or I'm disappointed in what the world is now and and the ways we have to deal, it all goes back to Jesus Christ being loved, to Jesus Christ giving his life for us and know what we're supposed to do with that. The way we're supposed to spread that word, the way that the good news gets around and the way that the gospel is spread is through fellowship. And it's allowed me to have opportunities, whether it be we're, we're, we're fellowshipping about Christ in the beginning or the end, to, for every conversation points back to that in some way, into how he created us, into how we should praise him, into how we should worship him. And it's really made me get back to giving more time to God, you know, because if you let the other feelings infiltrate, you know, if you keep your TV on CNN all day, you can start to forget what we're here for, Mm. what Mm. our reason is, why we've been saved. And so that's what it's made me do is really crack open my word and have that on my heart instead of the other things that can infiltrate your heart when you let the world and let your flesh lead you. Amen. Ryan Clark with a, a good word here on Unpacking It. And, and, and final question just to, to continue along that, that thought process. How, how has some of this, this growth and understanding and struggle uh, affected just kind of your role as a dad? And, and what kind of message have you wanted to have uh, your kids receive from you? Or what type of example have you wanted to be yeah, that's for, been, for them? You know what? That's been huge. I think it's helped it a ton. Yeah. You know, because I believe even in our faith, and maybe I'm different from other people, even in our faith, I believe we get content and mm. we get complacent. And faith becomes, you know what? Every Sunday, church, I'm going to be at the 1115 service. We're going to praise and worship. We're going to take notes on the sermon, and then we're going to go to brunch. Mm. And it becomes a routine, right? Instead of, becoming something that you pour your heart into every week 
and want to grow from. And for me, it had become routine. It was like, hey, guys, you know, I wake my kids up. We get them dressed or they get dressed. I get dressed and we go to church. We have brunch afterwards. And then nothing else was talked about. You know, I wasn't pouring into them during the week. You know, I have a daughter that's in college. And I think back to how many times, you know, early on, early on in college, I ever just text her and said, hey, give me your word. You know, I'm praying. You covered. As to now, every day, I don't miss a day. Mm. You know, I, w- I was thinking, okay, I'm going to let her experience college and go off and just do and, and be mature on based off of what I taught her, but that's not what I'm supposed to do. And so it happened in their walk because I remember, you know, not having my mom who, who goes to church eight days a week, not having her to force me to go, so not having her to force me to read and how it can slip. And so I don't force them. And I'm not saying you got to do this, you got to do this, here's your schedule. But you know how it is. If somebody asks you, hey, have you been reading? Have you been praying? You feel like conviction, like, I really haven't, mm. you know, or I haven't spent that time with God. So it's really made me uh, be much more attentive to them in their walk as well. That's really cool. Oh, I love hearing that. And, and man, really appreciate just all, all that you're willing to, to share with us and just really encouraging and honest and transparent. And so, man, awesome to hear. Great, great football insight as always. Uh, but more importantly, some, some great wisdom to, uh, to take away from a, from a faith perspective as well. So, so Ryan, enjoy the NFL season. Keep up the great work on ESPN. We'll be watching you and uh, look forward to catching up again right here on Unpacking It. Thanks, man. Have a good day. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate him being on the show today, and I really am thankful for his honesty and transparency and and just allowing us to get to know him, what he's been going through the last couple of years, what he's been thinking about, what he's experienced, his perspective on on some you know societal issues and and it's very personal and real to him and so i'm just grateful that that he was able to use this platform uh to talk about some of those things and i just appreciate his focus on jesus and and allowing uh him to be at the center of difficult conversations and and disagreements that we that we may have with people and we kind of let you know surface issues tear us apart uh but but we can get back to the the unity as we seek Jesus. And so uh, a great perspective uh, from Ryan on that. And, and then the, the thing that he mentioned at the end there that, that I think a lot of us can relate to as well is the concept of complacency, going through the motions, getting caught up in, in a routine without the, the heart and spirit behind the routine. And this can happen in our faith, our marriage, with our kids, work, you name it, we can just go through the motions, and then before we know it, we're just kind of, eh, eh, you know, just kind of meh, and and we're just not even thinking about why we're doing what we're doing, the the heart behind it, the love behind it, and and especially with our faith, if we're just complacent and not really growing or not really hungry and and wanting to learn more and and wanting to explore questions that we may have about our faith or if we just kind of settled for uh, a weak faith without really diving in and and going deeper and and strengthening our our faith in God, 
then we can just get complacent and and where does that really get us? And so we have to kind of push pause and say, uh, uh-uh, I got to ramp it back up again. So uh, really appreciate uh, his thought on that as well. Our final segment is next. We call it Unpack This. Thanks to Ryan Clark for joining us on Unpacking It. We'll be back. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. We're finishing up our second show on Sports Byline USA. And this is our final segment. We call it Unpack This. We'll do it every week. We'll take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. And so this week, I want to unpack how seven NFL coaches made their debut with their new teams in week one, and they all lost. The Lions, Raiders, Bears, Colts, Giants, Titans, and Cardinals are all 0-1. It's only week one, but we know how impatient fans are and how we all love instant results. When we don't see the changes take hold quickly, we easily give up and start questioning the coaching hire, despite the fact that even coaches like Bill Belichick have lost their first game. The truth is, the same mentality takes over when we attempt to start new and make personal changes in our own lives as well. After deciding it's time to personally switch things up, we want to experience instant results. If we don't see the changes take hold right away, we are tempted to give up and question the changes we have made. However, if we prayerfully and wisely feel led by God to make specific adjustments in our lives, we have to remain patient and not overreact so quickly. If it doesn't all click right away, it doesn't mean we have made the wrong move. If we're genuinely pursuing God, we can't get discouraged when the changes we desire don't take effect right away. We have to trust he's working in us and will bear fruit as we continue seeking him. Patience is crucial in many areas of our lives, and we need prayer and faith to continue to endure. The Bible says we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. Today, let's remember, even when we don't win right away, let's remain patient as God works in us and through us to accomplish his will. I hope you're willing to unpack that. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson, and I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA.